wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all, the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificence, you're going to be mine. Here's Jonathan Hood. Welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. You can download the podcast Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on SoundCloud, Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Apple Podcasts. Tune in wherever you download your podcast. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and tell somebody that Jonathan Hood talks wrestling every Tuesday at 9.30 right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. And don't forget our YouTube page as well, youtube.com under the same name, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Well, we're going to hear from J.R. Bang, who is a wrestling podcaster, first black champ. Find that on SoundCloud or wherever you download your podcast as well. J.R. Bang, his first time on the program, will get his thoughts on some of the storylines around professional wrestling. But let's start here. Let's start off and talk about the WWE. The WWE has struck a deal to move its NXT franchise, focusing on some of the rising stars, to the USA Network starting next month. This is something that you and I probably knew as wrestling fans, that the NXT brand would be moving to Wednesday nights, and it is. NXT is going to shift to the USA Network from the WWE Network subscriptions streaming service as of September 18th. September 18th, that's right around the corner, and this deal comes because the USA is going to lose WWE SmackDown to Fox in October. So now here comes NXT, a show that's been on for a long time on the WWE Network, and now it's on the USA Network. And the reason why that is interesting is because, well, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, is starting on October 2nd on TNT. And what also is interesting about this is that NXT and what we're seeing here with AEW, they will be on against one another at the same time, at 7 o'clock Central Time, which is just amazing. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, the Wednesday Night Wars that started in professional wrestling, but it was NXT that said, you know, we've got to be able to do something to take on AEW, and they are. And so NXT has a little bit of a head start on AEW, but here's why it's happening. It's happening because the WWE is concerned about All Elite Wrestling. If, if you've been reading some of the websites and the dirt sheets about some of the information on All Elite Wrestling, not only is it sold out here in Chicago when they come here for their event on the 31st of August, but when they start on TNT, they have already sold out their spots in other cities across the country on the East Coast. It is uh, fast, it's swift, but they continue to sell out their shows. And again, it's just a few so far off the top here throughout the month of October, but it is a concern for the WWE that AEW that has not even officially started yet. As far as their weekly television shows they are going to have on Wednesday nights already. The WWE said, Nope, Nope. We're going to make sure that we cut this off before it even gets started. They don't want to make the same mistake 
that they did on, during the Monday Night Wars. During the Monday Night Wars, it was a WWE, and they thought that they were the best and no one else could be able to go up against them. And then all of a sudden, Ted Turner told Eric Bischoff, how about two hours on TNT to take on Raw? And, it, and history goes from there. It went from Raw versus Nitro to Thunder versus SmackDown. And you saw in back in the, even in the 80s, before it was WCW, it was Ted Turner in the NWA. Uh, there was this combination going back and forth of, well, if the WWE runs their pay-per-view, we're going to run our Clash of Champions. That was during Jim Crocker Promotions. And so even going back to the 80s, all the way to where we are right now, there's been organizations trying to take on the WWE, and this is what's happening right now. Uh, some thoughts now from Triple H. He was uh, had a chance to talk to uh, WWE.com about NXT making its move from the WWE Network, and now it's on the USA Network, and it's going to debut in September, September 18th. Here's some thoughts here from Triple H. Hunter, big news coming out today about NXT and going live on Wednesdays. I want to take you back to May 2012, the very first episode taped at Full Sail. Can you kind of describe these last seven years and what it took to get up to this point? Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy journey of something that I don't think most people thought would ever happen, but this was kind of the vision of it. Um, you know, from starting out uh, with a partnership with Full Sail University and having to bring in main roster stars to get us to be able to have enough people to put the show on. Uh, each week to where they got to the point where they didn't want to see those main roster stars anymore to where we stopped calling it main roster uh, because NXT was was just, you know, becoming white hot when we didn't even have a distribution home for it. You know, it was seen internationally here in the U.S. It was just in clips. Um, we were the first live show on the WWE Network NXT arrival um, was the very first sort of takeover that we did, and it was of the network. It was so something live could go on the network. So very first live product seen on the WWE Network. A year after that, we were selling out not just Full Sail University, but selling out the Barclays Center for takeovers. Um, over that journey, selling out all over the globe, selling out live events all over the globe, takeover after takeover after takeover, and now the opportunity to go on the number one uh, network in cable television, USA Network, our partners, and uh, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be more proud. I said it in the beginning, this was going to be their brand. That's why we hashtagged it, we are NXT. You know, as good as NXT is now, it's only going to get better. This this is going to expose a whole new uh, side of NXT that people haven't been able to, to see yet. I can tell you this about it, as excited as everybody is about this moment, this is the start. This isn't the destination. This is the start. This brand is just getting started. Um, so I look forward to that day. I look forward to going live, and I look forward to showing the world that we are NXT. So the thoughts there from Triple H talking about how NXT is moving to the USA Network. We're talking about it right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app, and, of course, the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. Um so this is interesting because NXT is run by Triple H. This is his baby. And it was a one-hour format for a long time outside of the TakeOver special events. Uh, the reason why that I really enjoyed this NXT uh, broadcast over the years, that NXT and NXT UK, is because it's run by Triple H. And because what he is trying to provide is professional wrestling. 
Vince McMahon is trying to show sports entertainment and trying to show uh, the flash and trying to show bad comedy and skits. This is something that's been a hallmark of Vince McMahon for a long time. And he runs wrestling a lot differently than Triple H. I think it's very clear when you watch NXT programming and when you watch WWE programming as far as Raw and SmackDown and other events, it's it's more or less... Uh, there's wrestling, but there is a lot of comedy and things that are tailored toward the senses of one man, Vince McMahon. His comedic senses, his brashness, there's a lot of things there that I think has turned off some audiences. But when you watch NXT, you could see just how wrestling was even in the 80s and some of the 90s. Going back to the 70s, actually, because of how wrestlers would just take on one another, no backstory, you know the story, now get in the ring and tell a story. And so I really have supported Triple H, and I think many have for a long time, because many just want to be able to see wrestling in the ring, and you get that with NXT. And so now this goes from a one-hour to a two-hour format. And as someone that watches NXT that's supported the program, now that it goes from a one-hour to two-hour program, it makes me wonder how the roster will be utilized. I think that the roster is good. I think that there's still a lot of young uh, wrestlers, women, and men on that roster that may not be ready for a two-hour format because it is some of them are still learning and some of them are still very interesting to watch. I would suggest that along with some of the young wrestlers on that roster that you infuse uh, a Zack Ryder, a Brian Kendrick, a Rusev. Some of these wrestlers are not even used on Raw or SmackDown unless they're on the road and some of them are off television unless they're chasing for the 24-7 title. I don't know why we can't see Robert Roode back in this new NXT. I don't know why we can't see Leo Rush or Heath Slater or the Colognes. There's no reason why that some of these wrestlers that just sit in catering on Mondays and Tuesday nights don't get a chance to be able to be a part of NXT. That, maybe not everyone I just mentioned, but they're in, you know Curtis Axel. Where, where has he been? I think that what you saw even just recently by seeing the what used to be called the fashion police, I guess, those two, um, to see Tyler Breeze out there, uh, it just it just gave him new life in the company. For him to be not even on television and come to NXT, people are rooting for him because they know how good he is. And there's a lot of talent wrestlers who don't even get a chance to wrestle. You have three hours on Monday. You have two hours on Tuesday with SmackDown. You have all these other programs, and they don't get a chance to get on television. So NXT, I think, could use some veteran leadership in that locker room along with the young people, not necessarily to take over, not necessarily to take over some of the, the storylines of NXT, but it's good to be able to utilize some of these wrestlers that are not utilized and I think that they'll be appreciated in at NXT. The other thing I'm wondering about, and I guess we're going to find out in very short order, is is this NXT live show every Wednesday night. Will this be uh, emanating from the Full Sail Arena? Because that's one of the reasons why that even works. People enjoy NXT because of that small arena. Again, it reminds you of the territory days. Darkened arena, about three, 400 seats, and people are into it because it's professional wrestling. It's storylines you can follow. This isn't bad comedy. Uh, I would imagine that those shows would take place at full sale. The last thing that you want is like, like ECW 2.0. <laughs> you don't want Vince McMahon's hands on this new NXT, but you know he's going to be around. And if Vince McMahon has something to say and has full autonomy over this new NXT product on Wednesdays, it's going to be a problem. Triple H has done a great job with this because he's showing you wrestling. 
The hope is that Vince oversees it, but not necessarily puts his full stamp on everything that's in the ring because wrestling rules on NXT platforms, UK, uh, as well as just the uh, regular NXT that I, I watch a lot as well. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000. Also the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. Glad to have you in today. And uh, so I'm looking forward to both brands because here we are, the Wednesday Night Wars, right? And AEW has their their roster as well uh, with Chris Jericho as the face of it, with Chris Daniels, with um, Angelico, with Adam Page, and of course, the American Nightmare Cody. Cody Rhodes is there. Dustin is part of that company. Also, Darby Allen and Frankie Kazarian. There's some names on both sides from NXT standpoint and AEW standpoint where maybe the um, casual wrestling fan doesn't know some of these all elite wrestlers or some of these NXT wrestlers. This is why it's exciting because there's some veteran names that you'll see on both sides, AEW and NXT. And it's interesting because we're going to find out who's going to win this thing. NXT has already had momentum over the years and all elite wrestling is new. So who's going to win this thing? There's a lot of talent on both sides, young and veteran on both rosters. Wednesday night wars are here. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, something else before we hear from JR bang. And that is, um, old school versus new school. It has reared its head again. The other day I'm online looking through some news and notes for my talk show. And I look at Twitter and I see that Jim Cornette is trending. And I said, why is Jim Cornette trending? It's because Jim Cornette, if you follow him on Twitter, Jim Cornette, the longtime manager of the Midnight Express, the former owner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, using the WWE, manages Yokozuna. He's been in wrestling for a long, long time. And he's an old school wrestling fan first and someone that appreciates the business, but he doesn't appreciate nonsense. And I saw, why is Jim Cornette trying to... So I'm going through the timeline, and Jim Cornette is playing his heel role on Twitter, and people are just up in arms. How can you call this woman a butterface? Jordan Grace, whatever her name is. How could this happen? How are you calling these people out? Here's, here's what's funny about wrestling, the internet wrestling community and old school wrestling fans. I consider myself an old school wrestling fan and I've been watching wrestling since the late seventies. And I understand that there is a such thing as a heel persona. Now I know in 2019 where there are no real heels anymore. I think there's only a few that you could consider saying, Hey, you know what? That guy really, his persona is real. Like you could say MJF for the most part is a heel. Every time you see him in an interview, every time you see a video of him, he's being a heel. And that's great because that's how wrestling was in the past, where there was a defining line, a line of demarcation. Here's a bad guy. Here's a good guy, right? Well, I know in 2019, some fans, especially new fans, look at wrestling as performance art. Like, oh, I I love this flip boom, and I love they're able to do it. Because wrestling fans, when I go to wrestling events, they're not necessarily looking at the action. They're looking at... Uh, the moves and whether or not they have their star, star system in place, five stars, six stars, seven stars. And it's like, well, you know, it's not really, you know, again, you have a right to look at wrestling the way you want to. It doesn't mean that someone else's uh, view of wrestling is wrong. 
So Jim Cornette is just going back and forth and trolling these fans. Here is the thing that resonates with me the most with this, right? So Jim Cornette, for the most part in his career, was a heel. And wrestling fans, some wrestling fans, especially younger wrestling fans, don't understand why Jim is going after fans and saying these things and cutting people down on Twitter. When trolls actually do that, trolls actually cut down people on Twitter. But when Jim does it, it's wrong. When the internet wrestling community does it, then they're standing up for Jordan Grace or they're standing up for uh, today's wrestlers. It's just kind of like, what? What? I mean, are we really arguing, arguing over wrestling? Are we really arguing over old school versus new school when it comes to wrestling? Like, why? I was talking to somebody on Twitter about this um, just the other day. And... I said, you know, Jim is really trolling everybody, right? I mean, he may believe what he says, but he's just trying to do what he can to just just rile up the internet wrestling community because he's naturally a heel. And it's almost like that that is just lost on today's wrestling fan, that they don't understand, like, when Jim is just saying things that are witty and and cutting down people, especially, and usually it just is based on um, Jim just responding to these people on Twitter, it's just amazing. I, I mentioned on Twitter, I said the top trend is Jim Cornette. I mentioned this at Wrestling TWT on Twitter. The, the top trend is Jim Cornette. Trolls, trolls, and the trolls are mad. I mean, Jim Cornette trolls, and then the trolls are mad. You know, uh, imagine if the trolls in wrestling took their craft this seriously. For those that take pro wrestling with a wink, you know what he's doing. And... And some are looking at wrestling not so seriously, but they take Jim Cornette seriously. Isn't that a problem? Think about that for a second. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> this guy from parts, parts unknown on Twitter says, you obviously haven't heard him over the years. It, yeah, of course I have. Let's do his podcast. Yeah. My, my point was, is that Jim is trolling these people that don't take wrestling seriously, but they take him seriously. And ultimately Jim is saying, that's the business. You're supposed to take these characters, these wrestlers seriously. You're supposed to take what you see in the ring seriously. You know, he's actually getting heat, which is lost on today's wrestling fan. That that you can actually seriously hate someone. That's the whole point of what Jim Cornette is doing. And it's lost on today's wrestling fan. It's pretty funny. I think it's hilarious. Because Jim is doing this to try to rile up wrestling fans that don't take the business seriously. But they take him seriously. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's funny, man. Uh, just I, I look at this and I just like, oh my God, it's so funny. It's just amazing. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here on ESPN 1000 and the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. Joining us now, Chicago Zone, J.R. Bang from the first Black Champ podcast, Chicago Zone, J.R. Bang. He works with Cam Quotes. They do a great podcast breaking down professional wrestling, a lot of stories about professional wrestling they talk about. You can find that wherever you download your podcast. It's the first Black Champ podcast, and the host of that show, J.R. Bang, joins me, Jonathan Hood, right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Bang, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Man, thank you. This is an honor. This is a pleasure. Of course, you're like a mentor to me, and um, I'm always excited to talk wrestling. I got to get your thoughts as someone that's hosting this show about uh, what we're seeing here. Ultimately, let's just bring it down and boil it down to what it is. 
is Triple H versus Cody Rhodes. That's what's happening now on Wednesday night. It's NXT's moving now to the USA Network and AEW starting up in October, led by Cody Rhodes. What was your initial reaction to the NXT news that came across uh, just a day ago? Honestly, I hate it. I don't think we need a a Monday Night Wars part two. When Wednesday Night Wars don't even sound right. <laughs> okay, like Wednesday is hump day. Let's leave it at that. But I I was excited to see wrestling every day. Um, so Monday Night Raw, um, or and I know the original rumors for AEW was Tuesday. So I was thinking Monday Night Raw, Tuesday AEW, Wednesday NXT. Thursday, whatever I can find, uh, maybe NXT UK, and then Friday night SmackDown. So I'm, I'm probably one of the few people that that's not excited about having a war because I think with the amount of content that we have with wrestling now, we don't need it. I was mentioning this earlier, Bang, that clearly Vince McMahon does not want to go back to 20 plus years ago and, and just take WCW for granted because when money nitro came on ventures, it's like, okay, bring it on. Let's see what happens. And you saw that for 83 weeks, WCW just overtook the WWF and, and it was uh, not good for Vince. He didn't know if he was going to have to shut down the company. It was that close as far as his uh, financial situation. So I'm just thinking that, Vince looks at this and says, okay, I'm going to put my third best brand out there to make sure that we cut off AEW. If AEW wasn't selling out across some of these platforms, some of these cities, um, man, I I don't think there would be a Wednesday night war, but I I think it's the amount of money that they've already made the sellouts. I think that that's probably why we see NXT against AEW now, which is all true point. Um, but what I would say is is that when WCW and WWF slash well WWF really WF, were going yes. back and forth, yeah, it, it was one of it was some of the most profitable times in the business. I don't necessarily think it was profitable because they were going back and forth with each other. It was just good programming all the way around. So I think with AEW um, being profitable because they are and being able to put on the shows at the rate the amount um, and the quality that they are doing, I think for the business, it's it's nothing but good to have a true second company. Um, I mean, them going up against NXT don't make them anything less. Like it doesn't make them um, like a true a true true second, like a, a WCW at the time. But it doesn't make them impact or ROH either. So it puts them in a prime position. But I also believe if AEW is successful after, let's just say, because we're thinking long haul here, we give them two or three years, I think this would be a big benefit for the business, which is why we don't necessarily need competition right now. You know what's interesting about this, Bang, is that this is so different with AEW and NXT, and here's why. There are probably just diehard WWE fans who just watch Raw and SmackDown and don't even watch NXT because they either don't have the network or they don't have time to invest in it. So when when this rolls out on the USA Network, there's going to be a number of people that are going to be like, Who, "Who's Kona Reeves? You know, uh, who's yeah. who's who's Danny Birch? Who's Mia Yim? I don't I don't know these people." And then on the other side on TNT, there's going to be a lot of people that will be like, "I don't know who the librarian Peter Avalon is. Like, I don't know what is Private Party. What what is Sunny Kiss? Who's Allie? So it, it, it'll be 
interesting on both sides, USA and TNT, when they're head up against each other. And there's going to be some veterans, but there's going to be a lot of young wrestlers on both sides where fans that like, you know, the casual wrestling fan are going to say, I don't know who these people are, so I got to invest one way or the other, I guess. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, for first, on First Black Camp, me and Cam, quotes, we try to discuss more than the WWE. Um, we, we do talk about, um, you know, NXT and some of the other companies. But some of our listeners, when you even say who's, who, like, Velveteen Dream, they're like, yo, who is that? And he's mm-hmm. the North American champion. They might say, who's Adam Cole? Um, they don't know who that is. They don't, they don't know who Adam Cole is. But if you say the Rhodes name, they know who Cody Rhodes is. So I think from that standpoint, having a Cody Rhodes or a John Moxley, um, well, they'll still be kind of confused if he's John Moxley or Dean, or Dean Ambrose. But um, they at least know who the Rhodes name is. They know who Cody's name is. And, and at least for that bit of name recognition, it would be good for AEW. But I know one of the things that I used to love as a wrestling fan was not just to watch WWE slash F or watch WCW. I was one of the few black kids I know in the hood on the west side of Chicago watching Lucha Libre. Right. I'm watching Triple I'm watching C Mill and Triple A. I one of my favorite moments is watching Eddie Guerrero and um Art Barr and looking at them like, yo, this tag team right here is one of the greatest tag teams I've ever seen. And then being able to watch when worlds collide for the free. Um, and it's still one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. Um, so I was able to see Eddie Guerrero before WCW. I, I was able to see Art Barr before he passed. I was able to see Conan before the boom and Pedro Aguayo and other wrestlers. But I will also look and find, like, obscure wrestling associations and, and go back to school and be like, yo, I just saw Cowboy Bob Orton. And the homie's like, wait a minute, who? So if you're a wrestling <laughs> fan like me, it'll still be an excited time because you're going to be able to see wrestlers that you didn't know. You're going to be able to learn and grow with some of these other um, people in NXT and in AEW. I mean, AEW. First Black Champ Podcast, J.R. Bang is our guest here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday Podcast. Um, could, could you tell everybody, because you've been talking about this on this, sh- on this podcast for a long time, about Kofi Kingston. What is it that we don't understand as wrestling fans about the title reign for Kofi Kingston? I think Kofi Kingston's title reign is similar to Bret Hart's in, what, 1992, where we are still just trying to figure it out. Like, from for the black wrestling fan, you're just happy that a black person is the champ. Right. But I believe that this championship reign is similar to Bret Hart's, where he was the champ, but you had, you know, um, Ric Flair and Macho Man that was bigger. You had, um, I mean, Hulk Hogan was gone at the time. Um, so it was Ric Flair, um, Mr. Perfect, and Ray Ramon, who was growing in his um, in his character, going up against Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior, which turned into Mr. Perfect. Um, but that was the main event of um, Survivor Series when when they switched when when I think the Ultimate Warrior tried to hold up his man for some money, whatever. That's the rumor or what what not or what they said in the DVD, but. They switched to Macho Man and, and, and Mr. Perfect versus 
um, Ric Flair and Ray Ramon. But on that same card, it was Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. And it wasn't the main event, and Bret Hart was the champion. So Bret Hart also was a smaller wrestler, not really the big guy that we was used to with a Hulk Hogan, and still wasn't as muscular as a macho man. But you was trying to get him over by wrestling the likes of Virgil and others for the championship on Superstars. But he wasn't the main eventer. I mm-hmm. think that's what Kofi is. Kofi is it's good to see Kofi um, be a champ after 11 years. I think um, um, Bret Hart was the champ after almost similar, like eight, nine years of being a tag team or a mid-card or even being Cowboy Bret Hart. Um, <laughs> um, so it's the same situation where we have a Kofi who's just older than Bret Hart at this time, where he's he's over, but you still look at a Roman Reigns, you still look at a Brock Lesnar, you still look at some of these other wrestlers with bigger names, and you expect them to have the title because we never expected Kofi to have it in the first place. Now he loses the belt. If Willie get it back, I'm not so sure because Bret Hart loses at WrestleMania 9 and he gets it back the next year at WrestleMania 10 and becomes the best there is, the best there was, the best there will be. I think it's a good feel-good story, but when I look at this title reign, that's what it brings me to Bret Hart's first title reign and how he was still the, guess you could call him the mid-card world champ. That's sad, though. That's sad. You know, you know what's uh, what's going against Kofi is family man Kofi Kingston. That's the worst. When you when you get what? family man Kofi, when you get a family man situation where your family's at ringside and that's part of your gimmick, that's like Steamboat in '89. That's what killed it. It's one thing to lose against Ric Flair and finally he wins the world championship for the first time, but then when you have Bonnie and you've got little Ricky Jr. out there and they're coming down the, the ramp with you. People didn't like that in '89. I don't know if they liked that in '19. I'm just—I mean, that's that's the thing. Like Kofi yeah. himself, cool family. Kofi, that's not good. Okay, so the okay, so you're right because seeing seeing, I didn't like seeing Richie and and Bonnie at WrestleMania four. <laughs> so, like what he coming? I was a little kid. Like what are you coming down here for? He's not about to wrestle, and then seeing him lose. Um, I mean, but I digress on that. So I agree <laughs> with you. Now, the father in me, the new father in me, is like, man, that's dope. Yes. Because, um, like, I remember, I I remember seeing Jerry Payton at um at at SummerSlam, um, at the United Center, um, and seeing him in the ring with Walter. I remember seeing Richie in the ring. I remember that because I that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the kid in the ring. So it brings me back to being a kid, and then as a father, I'm like, yo, that's dope because I wish I could do something like that with Trey and Landon, my two sons. But on the flip side, you're exactly right. I don't want to see Family Man Kofi Kingston. I don't want to see this sappy version because I think when you become a champion, that's when the mean streak comes because now you got to keep it. So I'm not really cool with seeing him throw pancakes. I'm not really seeing to him, baby, and all of that stuff, yeah. because 
it's not what I'm used to seeing from a champion. Now, this last pay-per-view, SummerSlam, double count out, you know, he, he cussed. I was I was shocked to hear. I mean, you no know, wrestlers cussing the ring. You might not hear it, right. but just to hear it kind of audible, I was like, "Oh, okay." And he's beating up Randy Orton, so he's taking it out on him, like Randy did to him years later. But then you come back on Raw, and it's pancakes, his baby, and all of that stuff. So I just I just wish that there were more of a mean streak from Kofi or somebody called like um, is, is Mr. Hughes still around? <laughs> Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes was always good for that. Like <laughs> he was always Mr. Hughes was always good for that. So you no know, at least a Mr. Hughes character. I don't want Big E to become Mr. Hughes, but a Mr. Hughes character that can beat people up for you. See? It worked for Sean. How come we can't have our own like, you know how come we can't have our own diesel? How come we can't have that? How come how come someone can't protect Kofi Kingston, news protecting him. You know why we can't have our own people. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> okay, well, fine. Then we become a gang on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine with I'm that. I'm fine with I, it, too. I, oh, I'm fine with you. Oh, I'm, I'm, if you listen to First Black Champ, you will know. <laughs> yes. We're fine with those activities, okay? <laughs> you know, I mean, get a move away from the, the, the pancakes and, and come through with a with a slapjack at, at the very least. Bring a oh. slapjack with Steve from Stevie Ray at the I, very least, dude. That's a that's a whole podcast in itself, right there. That that whole thing with the pancakes and the smiles. That's not that's not good. That's not good for any character. That's not good for them. I can't I can't stand that. A little bit more Harlem Heat. A little bit more of the gangsters. More of that than what we get from the New Day. And I know that's great for kids. But there's a connotation there that I just I can't stand. I have to almost fast forward and bang until I can just see them in the ring. That's all I because I that okay. other stuff is uh, is un, is unsettling to me because you remind, you remind me of my big homie Boogie D who hates he hates it. And I mean I look I I advocated for a change in all of the characters because as far I mean just just looking at it like the the new day are one of the longest-running groups straightforward from from debut to now, no no breakups, that I can remember seeing on a wrestling program. Like you had, in the same amount of time, I think you had like two or three um, incarnations of the Four Horsemen. Um, they've been together since, I think, 2000, what, 2014? It's 2019. So I think, where, I think the New Day can break up and get back together. But I was also advocating for Big E to turn on Kofi. So now you have two main card superstars that you can groom, and then they're black. But then they're not feuding because they're black. They're feuding because they're homies. This would be a better version of Ahmed Johnson versus um, Farouk. This is a better. It's <laughs> a better version of Butch Reed versus Ron Simmons. Right, right. Like, I think if they would have broke, I think if they were to have broke up. This would have been possibly the best, the best program between the two black wrestlers that I have seen or known about since Mid South Butch Reed versus Junkyard Dog. Yes, I agree with that. And at least, at least we know <laughs> that. 
It, it, no, that's, that's outstanding because it's a because my next point was going to be I don't remember seeing Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas throwing pancakes, but that's just me. Um, Not when at they, all. When they, when they were a tag team, <laughs> thank goodness for the video we got from Xavier Woods, so we know that he's all about it. So um, that that video, yes, with uh, <laughs> with Paige. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I want to get your thoughts on the state of the business right now because. Bang, there's a lot. There's a lot. And I know that there are those that um, that do podcasts like you and I that are, are watching this. But, boy, to be able to do this for as a full-time job would be a little tough at this point because of all the wrestling that's out there. This reminds me so much of the territory days where you have so many options. What the WWE is doing with NXT, AEW, MLW is going to be in Chicago for their first pay-per-view. Um, the NWA is going back to studio wrestling this fall. See, it's all happening. The NWA yeah. made the announcement. It's like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to be at that center stage, but they're going to be in Atlanta uh, and doing, having like a 200 seat arena, and they're going to do wrestling every week. Uh, ROH, New Japan. What, where are we in the business right now? Because it seems like a renaissance from when you and I were kids. What a time to be alive as a wrestling fan. That's, that's the one thing that I can think of. And it's about keeping up. Because not only do you have all of these organizations, um, you have different ways to watch them. You know, between the WWE Network, I mean, Vince McMahon is going to be getting nine ninety nine for me for the rest of his li- for the rest right. of my life. His <laughs> right. life too. Um, but then you got Fight TV, and then you have other streaming platforms. You know, you have people filming and then um, and then showing it on YouTube. Now, you have wrestling on. On T on TNT again for the first time in nearly twenty in almost twenty years, you got NXT on um, USA. You got Fox, which I think is going to be humongous. Um, I mean, for a move for for the WWE to go to Fox, even though it's been talked about, to have wrestling on that network is not like UPN or anything like that. I, right. I think if this is going to be bigger than what you think. But then you have wrestling on some of these other obscure networks, um, which you probably would have to call your local cable company to get. You know, I think it would be... And then you have the documentaries, too. Like, Vice, with their uh, wrestling documentaries, I thought was amazing. And I, I thought that would possibly lead to them having a wrestling program. Because Vice just strikes me as a network that should have wrestling on it. Um but it's it's good to see. I wish that you know I I had more time to to be to look at the product um, and learn about new wrestlers, um, learn about new organizations like I used to when I was younger. But as far as on a content aspect of it, just seeing programs, I think it's great. What I would love to see more is more digital content outside of the wrestling program. And I know I'm a digital. I'm a digital content guy, I work in digital content, so it's easy for me to say, man, that's the one key thing that I'm missing, uh, that we think we're missing, because where you have Ride Along and some other shows on the WWE Network, I think it would be good to get more involved with some of these wrestlers to find out more about them and their character and still keep it about them and their character and not necessarily about real life all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and I think for some of these other organizations, um, AEW does a good job um, of creating content to drive their program without having um, 
having a program on TV just yet. Like the Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard thing, I thought was gold. Um, so I think it would be smart for other organizations like Impact to get back to what they was doing with content, for ROH to do that, for, for New Japan to do it, for MLW to do it. Um, because I think, I think that MLW is one of the better organizations from the content, from the wrestling that I see. Mm-hmm. And from the interaction with the fans, I would just love to see more digital content from them because I think I think they're the ECW out of all this, where AEW is WCW and WWE is WWE. I believe that MLW is ECW without the violence. And you can have three wrestling programs thrive. I think they have the opportunity to do that. Do that. And I think if we learned more about their characters, through digital content, good digital content, I think would be beneficial to not only them, but to wrestling in general. And then with this NWA with the 10 pounds of gold stuff, that's am- I love that. Mm-hmm. Even the interview that they had with um, with Harley Race before his passing. So it's, it's, it's a time to be, uh, what a time to be alive when it comes to wrestling, wrestling content the business in general. I'm not a money guy, so I can't say they're drawing this, they're doing this and doing that. But I just love looking on Instagram and seeing some of the stuff that I'm seeing, even from the wrestlers themselves. And I hope it, I hope it continues. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here on ESPN 1000 and also the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. J.R. Bang is with us from the first Black Champ podcast. Download that wherever you download your podcast. Check it out. I Check it out on SoundCloud.com. We'll put the link there so you can be able to go through the episodes. And they're great and really a retrospective of a lot of different stories and personalities in wrestling. Um, so the one thing that we got to know about Bang, and of course we know Bang be known, and, but we got to also know that Bang is a, um, a huge Natalia mark. And uh, if, you fo- if you follow her on Instagram, <laughs> uh, you will find a like from Bang. Um, it's just like, yeah. the, the, it's like the sun comes up in the morning. You can always find a like where um, Bang is really into Natalia. So I will ask you this, sir. Uh, I, I mentioned, uh, I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, about how I really enjoyed Becky Lynch against Natalia because, um, to me, Natalia should have been a heel champion uh, for a long run. Unfortunately, in her career, she's become a female Dolph Ziggler in that she's just a good hand, as JR would say. She's just a good hand, uh, and she's yeah. better than that, quite frankly. So I, I want to get your thoughts on Natalia in this cheap heat situation she's in with Sasha Banks. Now, Sasha Banks has had some great matches, and I know that she's made her return, but this, it is just, bang, in 2019, this is just the worst angle. Natalia's father, Jim Neidhart, has passed away uh, a year ago, and they're using that death several times now for Sasha Banks to use as fodder or to try to get heat, and it's, this ain't Memphis 85. This this doesn't work in 2019. If you watch Raw and watch that segment, it's on WWE.com if you didn't see it. It's on. It's right there for you to see. The crowd was not into it. I mean, the the line that Banks used, talking about, you know, go to hell and say hello to your father when he gets there, that didn't resonate. Nobody cared about that. Nah. So I just I, I want to get your I, thoughts on what's happened to your girl, Natalia, because she's going in the wrong direction now. So I saw that this morning. Because I went to sleep um, last night, and I saw it this morning. I saw actually a tweet from Cam. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I saw it, I was just like, ah, 
I watched Sasha be a I sh- I watched Sasha become a good heel in NXT. Yeah. Without having to do that, she could just be the boss. And I don't think that she needed to use the death of a WWE Hall of Famer, um, and a heart member, um, and Natalia's father to become a bigger heel. Just beating her up would have sufficed. Um, but to use that, it just gives it, it, it confirms what John Moxley said on the Chris Jericho podcast. You know, when he was saying that, you know, they wanted him to say something about uh, Roman Reigns' leukemia, and he said that he wouldn't do it. Um, it's just people would. They they think business first, and they're not thinking of anything else second. Because um, even Roman Reigns came out, and he was just like, well, you decided not to say it, so he didn't say it. It wasn't like a rebuke, a rebuke excuse me, of it, Um so I I would think for this one right here, it wouldn't be one for that either. I say all that to say that that's something that I wouldn't do. I don't think it needs to be done. I think there are different ways and better ways for people to get heat, and that's definitely not it. She could have really just came up in there and just said that she left because this company was on BS and these fans was on BS, and, and I feel like I've been treated unfairly and I was given something just to lose to the iconic and who are the iconics there? This she could have just tore down everybody and got bigger heat than saying, you know, she can like Jim talk to Jim Nyhart and hell, like for real, like some stuff don't need it, didn't need to happen, don't need to happen, and that's one of them. But wrestling is a weird business where they do that for some reason, and it, that just never, I just never got that. It's just bad. It's just cheap heat. It's the worst kind of heat. It's, just, it's like, because here's the thing. If the audience isn't rocked by it, bang, if the, if the audience is like, oh, my God, how could you say that? Maybe at home there are people who are like, wow. But it, listen, if you if I can't take you seriously, then why should I take that storyline seriously? you got to be able to build that up in a certain way. And using his her dead father, which is legit, by the way, it's been a year since he passed away as fodder to build up something to what? For almost what championship? It's not it's, just a year. It's almost a year to the day he died. Right. But but did, what are they battling for? What, what's the what's the prize? Like if they battle, then what's the what's the end game? Is there a championship? No. What's the not point yet. of this? Okay. Well, it's no. It's 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 a cheap. It's a cheap way for me. To um, it's a cheap way to gain heat, and don't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. I don't get it. Yeah. So, lastly, I want to get your thoughts on on where we're going here. Is there is there a untapped talent in wrestling that you want to see make it big for the rest of 2019? Someone that's under the radar that you're looking forward to have a that you'd love to see get a big push here. Any company. So it's two things. It's two things. Um, I'm going to go in a different direction after I say this name. But MJF is somebody that I want to see become a big wrestler. Um, I know the Austin Theories and some of these others, the Adam Coles, who I didn't realize he's just like 30. Um, And some of these others are in position to become big. But 
Dead to Me are only true, two true heels in the business right now. And what we think of as heels. And that's Baron Corbin and MJF. <laughs> um, and, and, and I hope to see big things from MJF. I am a big fan of his, um, which is one of the reasons why I got into with MLW. And one of the reasons why I told Cam, like, hey, I know I'm not going to be out there, but you should be um, at, um, like, it's wrestling in Cicero, Illinois. Like, it's right down the street from the crib. You got to be there. And I've I've been there, and bang, I've been there three times. Can I tell you something? I mean, it's sold out. It's legit because it's hot in there. There's no air conditioning. It's an old building at Cicero Stadium. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. That crowd gets hot. You get the Latino crowd in there blowing those Zuzu Velas or whatever that horn is. There is they if if if, there, if there's a Latino superstar that starts to get a beat down, the crowd starts to get a little closer to the guardrail. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh. just like I go. Oh. Because it's just Royal Illinois, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. I was at the Best Buy in North Riverside, Illinois, so I know. But the, but the flip to the flip is. And, you know, it's first, we're First Black Chat Podcast. Cam Coach, J.R. Bang. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Cam Coach, J.R. at Cam Coach. I'm Cam Coach on Twitter, J.R. Bang on everything, and hashtag FBC Pod. So one thing that I would love to see from wrestling organizations is coming to urban areas. Um, just like, you know, you see these auditions and everything, you see all these sports players. I, there's a lot of people in the hood that watch wrestling. That's the reason why when we talk the way we talk on First Black Champ, these are the conversations we will be having at our house. We're not, you know, we're not these people that's going to be talking about moves. We're not, we're not Mike Tanay. Right. We're not Mike Tanay. But we're something that you're not going to get on a wrestling screen. Like, we're not even Booker T. We're, we're not New Day. We're two guys from Freeport, Illinois, and from the west side of Chicago that talks wrestling the way that we do. But... There's a lot of people in our neck of the woods, in our areas, especially in the west side and the south side of Chicago, that loves wrestling. And they just don't know how to get involved in wrestling, or they don't know that wrestling wants to get involved with us. So I would love to see the WWE, Impact, AEW, MLW, go in some of these urban areas and just do, just do an open run. Just do a walk, like open run or open tryout, and just see some of these former football players who's probably at home in the west side of south side of Chicago, some of these former high school stars um, that can't go and, you know, they, they can't play football anymore, and they, they probably do semi-pro football, uh, semi-pro basketball, and they're looking for an outlet in the WWE, MLW, AEW, ROH, and some of these other organizations are perfect spots, perfect avenues, perfect areas to get it done. And we're not saying that they could get that they should get signed on the spot or anything like that, but just the opportunity because then you can have some of these smaller organizations across um, the, the the cities and across the states that's there too, and they could be scouting these people too. So some of the people that are not good enough and enough is probably not going to be good enough. But you can go up to these people and be like, yo, hey, I'm J.R. Bang, and I have First Black Champ Wrestling Organization, and I, w- I would love to help train you. And I think it, I think in turn, once, once that happens, you're going to see a lot more of us on the screen. And one of the things I've always talked about on First Black Champ is 
I love it when I see black people on these on the TV when I'm watching wrestling, but they don't have to be involved in somebody's storyline just because they're black. But, you know, we don't need, everybody doesn't need to be crime time. Everybody doesn't need to be the rock. Everybody doesn't need to be the new day. Like how dope it would be to have a black MJF. How yes. dope it would be to have, um, you know, uh, some of these, uh, like the gangsters again, though, because they was oh. lit. I've been watching e- uh, ECW Super Shows and really, looking at how these two cats were innovative, didn't realize that until I actually started looking at the super shows. There's a lot of black people that watch wrestling. They just don't know how to get involved. And part of the reason why we started First Black Champ is we don't know how to get involved either, but we're going to be able to talk what we talk when it comes to this wrestling stuff, and hopefully you like it. Yeah, that's what First Black Champ is about. And by the way, just from this conversation, we have breaking news. Bang and Cam are opening up HBCU Championship Wrestling <laughs> emanating from Howard University with a bell top of 7 o'clock. Tickets on sale at the box office. Is that, so that's what we're having. So I'm glad you brought that, man. You broke that news. HBCU man, Wrestling. Hey, it's going to be great, man. You're going to you'll be a great you know, promoter. But you know what, though, Hood? One of the dreams that me and my cousins had was to get enough money to start our own organization. Right. Like our, our fathers and uncles had a farm in um, in Michigan, and it was nothing but like open fields. And we was like, man, we want to get enough money so we could just just get a uh, build a wrestling ring and and this. So yeah, I mean, it's actually been a dream of mine, but didn't really started thinking about it until or just really being involved until we started first black champ. I just, I just think that's great. Uh, but I, I would tell people to check out First Black Champ podcast because it is unique. And uh, again, the tour for uh, Bang and Cam, they will start being able to uh, reach out to Spellman. Also, shows at Morehouse, Fisk, and also North Carolina Eight and T State. Howard is right down the street. Literally yes. right down the street from me. And <laughs> Stephen Curry can have golf at Howard now. We can have professional wrestling at Howard University. I can't wait. <laughs> I'd love to have that. I mean, and by the way, like, you know, the kitten, you know, but honestly, those HBCU cities, that's where wrestling emanates, whether it's Atlanta, D.C., Hampton, yeah. Virginia, uh, New Orleans, Nashville, right? Orangeburg, South Carolina, Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Those, are res- those are all traditional wrestling towns. Durham, yeah. uh, North Carolina, uh, you know, uh, Mississippi, Baltimore. And by the way, Baltimore. How come I didn't see your ass at ROH? <laughs> they, they were right there. To, you could have made that drive. Come on. You know what? I could have made that drive. However, bang, be having a lot of stuff going on. But it is actually like a a wrestling organization um, that started out here in D.C., a small organization. Um, I think it's called CSW. Um, I just noticed that they've been doing stuff out in the area um around and like you know in the D- dmv and stuff and then um oh maryland championship wrestling is definitely a hub yeah. um for wrestling that's where leo rush comes from velveteen dream came from and a couple of others so i'm in a hub and then plus you know baltimore and dc has been big strongholds for wcw nwa and wwe slash f for years by the way, one of my favorite, uh, and I'll let you go, but the, one of my favorite episodes of 
first black champ was uh, you calling out Leo Rush. You want Leo to come on the program. <laughs> I do. I'm telling you. Look, <laughs> I love that see, this is, see, Hood, this is the point that I'm making while we, while we need content for us, for us to come on there and talk what, get off what we need to get off. Right. Because, because like a lot of these publications and everything, the Dave Meltzer's, the Wade Tellers, or some of these other ones, you don't see a lot of us. Even when you look at boxing, how, much, how many times you see us that's not a boxer? I understand that we don't have the platform that, you know, Wade or Dave Meltzer or some of these other has, but that's when you, I scratch your back, you scratch, I scratch your back, you, you scratch mine. I'm going to help you get out to an, uh, um, a, a, a platform that's going to get you out to people that wouldn't necessarily hear you because we don't subscribe to some of these other cats. Not right. this one. But we're just saying that, look, if you look at anything, look at Wale Mania. You look at Wale Mania at WrestleMania weekend, I think it's four, that was four last year, and you see Booker T on stage with Wale. You see um, Kofi Kingston and the applause, that he, the applause that he got in the New Day. Hell, look at Samoa Joe knowing some of the words of hip-hop's greatest song. We wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for Wale Mania. But... You look out in that crowd, and it's a mixture, but you look at the, the people of color in that crowd, and it feels like, man, we got a spot that we can go to and feel like we belong when it comes to wrestling. And that's what First Black Champ is, man. I understand that it's First Black Champ, Chaps after Ron Simmons um, and, and, and other champions of African-American descent. But we talk about wrestling the way that we talk um, that we talk normally. But we talk about everything, you know, even Natalia and Paige and mm-hmm. and, and Lana and, and Charlie and uh, a lot of these, you know, fine young things, you know. All right, <laughs> and Tony Storm, I noticed that as well yes. that you. Tony, was, yes, Tony Storm, yes. Yeah, I know you're a big fan. Yeah, yo. yes. she's got a very bright bright future behind her. Well, oh, as man, always, Bang. <laughs> bang. Uh, as always, I, I appreciate it. And again, First Black Champ Podcast is where you download your, um, find that podcast, download it. I'll check it out on SoundCloud myself. Yes, I'm telling you, look, First Black Champ Podcast, J.R. Bang, Cam Quotes. Uh, we're giving you wrestling in a unconventional but conventional way. Um, make sure you follow me at JR Bang. Follow Cam Post at Cam Post. I'm Cam Post on Twitter. And if you mess with us, when you listen to the podcast, hashtag FBC Podcast. FBC Pod, excuse me. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, Google Play, um, Spotify said that, and some of these other obscure joints. You can catch us on SoundCloud. Thank you for reposting some of our stuff. And I got to show love to Barbershed Digital. Um, my, my man Scott, um, his brother Flows, Pierce, they do a great job. They also have some other wrestling content on there. Ruthless Aggression. Shouts out to Chris, who is white. <laughs> um, but he does a great job at uh, creating content. So I just want to shout out the gang real quick. We're trying to, we're trying to really do something good for um, the underserved African-American fan because I think that we're underserved when it comes to content, when it comes to wrestling. 
And that is Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday for this week. Next week, we'll have our mailbag segment. We'll answer your questions. And don't forget to download Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Tell people we got Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Wrestling every Tuesday at 930 right here on ESPN 1000 and the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. Bang, thanks so much for coming on the show. No doubt. Anytime. This is an honor.